you're back. Welcome back to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoshi and myself, Amelia Kazan. It's Thursday night, and it is a fantastic night. I've got feedback going on. Yes. You're hearing it as well? Yes, I am hearing it. We didn't have the feedback before. No. Okay, we've got everything turned down right now, so we should be good. Okay. Are we clear? I yeah. still have it. I don't know if I, Joe's here. Okay, as long as you yeah, guys aren't, I'm okay. I have no okay. feedback. Tonight we're bringing back our special guest, and you can see you can two handsome fellas on the screen. Um, with us is Miguel Cantu, owner of. Sorry, I give an Italian flair to that when I say Cantu. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always Italian to me, even though it's not. Um, owner of Altered Vision Studios, a multimedia production and special effects company, working in the independent film industry for over ten years. Director and producer of Paranormal analytical as well as a multitude of projects and also right next to him equally handsome eddie hill is a retired police sergeant who served for over 26 years prior to his law enforcement career he served eight years in the u.s navy reserves as a master of arms thank you for your service appreciate it Eddie does consultations as a police instructor, firearms instructor, defensive tactics, special weapons, hostage negotiations, and special investigations. He is also currently the host of Paranormal Analytical and has 20 years as a paranormal investigator. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. Yeah, we've just been waiting. We had- and by the way, Eddie's not equally as handsome. He's way more handsome than I am. No, I think <laughs> no, handsome. Really. Yeah, I think you're both equally handsome. <laughs> Feedback is in YouTube, guys. Just check. Is it? Yeah. It's in my it's in my ear. Okay. Yeah, I, I hear a bit of it as well. But it's it's coming, it's the YouTube thing. Anyway, we've had such a good time with you guys and we've just been like waiting patiently to bring you back on. So tell us what you guys have been up to between then and now. <laughs> Cause I know you guys are like busy. So what are we what are, what are we doing? Throw us in. Well, personally I just got off of a film uh, just wrapped up uh, two days ago. Uh, we're shooting overnight, so it's a anthology film and several short films, horror films. Uh, so I was doing the special effects on that, and uh, hopefully it's all going to editing. They they got one more short to film. Uh, I don't know when exactly, but we do have a couple more pickup shots to do of this uh, last one we did, and uh, the main villain of it. Uh, I, I got to go really heavy on the special effects. I think more than what they were anticipating initially. Uh, so hopefully we set a little bit more budget aside for that so I can make that happen what they want. Uh, I think what what initially happened was uh, they weren't getting the full grotesqueness that they needed. Uh, they want something that looks very iconic. But in order to do that, they need to really push up the budget so I can get the materials that I need. So that's been keeping me busy for the past two weeks, just about. Uh, Eddie's been uh, working as usual. Yeah, I, I'm constantly working, you know, and I, I'm kind of working out in the street right now. But I'm also uh, been trying to keep up with some of the writing on some of the scripts that we've been working on. And uh, we've actually got uh, we actually have it set up right now to where we are going to be uh, doing another sizzle reel for another uh, film that we're working on called Spectrum. Nice. And uh, that's going to be really good. Brian Martin Rickerson, who's an outstanding actor, uh, he's been working behind the scenes trying to get uh, some of the script stuff done as well. 
and uh, also uh, looking for the funding, uh, which uh, we're going to be using in order to get the sizzle reel filmed out. And then it's going to be uh, done into a series. And uh, we're going to be Excellent. trying to get that out on television. And also as well as uh, Death Mask, which uh, I think you saw the videos of Death Mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. on there. We're uh, still looking at getting that into a series and getting that out as well, which is a detective type horror zombie uh, type. All, all uh, things paranormal. Yeah, it's basically Jack the Ripper, you know, uh, modern, with a modern day. Yeah, modern day Jack the Ripper with a, a lot of blood and gore, kind of like Saw type film. Well, you can't go wrong with that because that franchise did amazingly well. <laughs> I love that franchise. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so I guess... I think we're going to be doing our, our Deadly Dogman series fairly soon. Uh, oh. I'm getting some funding for a project, another project that I'm working on with a medical client, and I'm going to transfer that into the uh, development funds that we're going to use and produce our Deadly Dogman series. So we can get that first season out, put it online somewhere, whether it's Amazon, whoever, if anybody else wants to distribute it, uh, we'll find a home for it. Uh, but I think we're going to knock that one out for you. And and not only that, but Deadly Dogman is dealing with the Rougarou as well, because it's going to be a lot of it filmed over in uh, Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans area. Well, we're here out of New Orleans, so I'm sure you're going to have a lot of happy people because that that's really big in New Orleans. Like, that's a really big piece of folklore there. Are you going to... Like, is this a, a creation? Is it, like, investigative? Are you going to have any type of footage or recordings? Or how are you going to put it together? It's going to be more of a documentary-type uh, deal. Nice. Uh, kind of like, a, you know how you have a lot of these uh, films where people go out looking for Bigfoot and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. You don't see a whole lot of people going out looking for for a, a dogman, Rougarou, or, or werewolf. Next to none, actually. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to be... Just concentrating on the dogman, on the Rougarou. We're going to be mm-hmm. looking into this. Uh, I know it's uh, under different names in different areas as well. Yes. It just depends on where we're at, what it is that we're going to be looking for. But it all basically comes back down to we're hunting for the werewolf-like creature. And so this is something that there's so many reports on that you just, I mean, people are you know, they come forward, but they're afraid to really talk about it because a lot of people, I think, can uh, can do Bigfoot quite a bit because Bigfoot's been around a long time. UFOs, you know, people are talking more and more about big uh, about yeah. UFOs. But these werewolf creatures, I think people are more, a little bit more uh, timid or afraid to come forward with their stories on these werewolf creatures, mainly because of the fact that these are apex predators. And according to a lot of the folklore... They're able to read your mind. They're able to know who's looking for them. They're able to follow you and end up at your house and that sort of thing. Mm, That's enough uh, to put the brakes on. But are very uh, weary of coming forward with their uh, deadly dogman uh, type stories. And Mm -hmm. uh, it scares them. It really does. It's not pop culture like Bigfoot is. Mm -hmm. Funny thing, uh, back about, what, three years ago, Mm -hmm. maybe three and a half years ago, uh, we were Werewolf Central on uh, Facebook for a while. For whatever reason, people started uh, messaging us and calling us and uh, sending us private messages and emails. 
uh, talking about these creatures, these werewolves, and one in particular, which they call the gatekeeper, that was mm-hmm. in uh, Louisiana. Now, it was a white wolf. And it turned into something. We had like 30 something people that were that we finally found that was messaging us. And I mean, it was crazy. We were like getting phone calls from uh, supposed government agents and uh, things of that nature. We were being patched through and we were listening into uh, phone calls that were tapped. And I mean, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Why so, do you think the government would be interested in something like that? Well, here's the thing. The government has been known. And, and so they say, and I, I just want to let everybody know, this is hearsay. Mm. We haven't dug into it enough to really uh, get any real answers. And I don't even know if we ever will. But the government supposedly did a cross-breeding uh, experiment, supposedly, between these lycanthrope-type creatures, alien and human. Wow. And basically as some sort of soldier for the military. <clears throat> And so the saying goes. And, you know, we don't know that for a fact, but I mean, it's something that was brought to our attention. So we're going to be digging into a lot of the, the aspects of all this stuff and digging and, and really looking into it. And the funny thing about it is, is about what, about a week a ago, week ago, it all started up. again. It started up again. And uh, here we go. Wow. We have many stories um, on dogman up here. Uh, one of our provinces is called a Lugaru with an L instead of a Ru. Uh, Lu is French for wolf. So really? Lugaru, yes. And there, that also, you know, in, in France, right? Because you have their settlers. I always say how much of it comes from the old country. They bring their folklore belief systems with them. And, and, and maybe you know, one or two made it along you know, along for the trip. But um, here in Ontario, we have several, several stories. But here they, cause they just call them wolf people. Hmm. So, you know, wolves that walk upright. Yeah, and see, and I've heard them call that too. And I think it kind of depends on what part of the country or what mm-hmm. part of Louisiana you're actually talking to people in. And I mm-hmm. think the further back into the swamp you go, the more attached to uh, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, like, voodoo or anything like that i think it's when you start hearing the rougarou more than anything uh, else that's when mm-hmm. the, the name kind of changes around more uh the more into that type of belief system where uh you know where these things can actually steal your soul you know you can see why people would be fearful especially when you're dealing with uh, um, people with such strong belief systems um superstitious people you know, um, I, I'm surprised, you know, you know, how many would actually come forward. So you've obviously you have all these people coming forward now. Um, I, I guess your documentary is just going to get longer, but it looks like it's going to have a lot of twists and turns in it. So you're going to be like a documentary, a documentary, maybe. You know? And, you know, the, the crazy thing is at the very beginning when all this started out and, and Mike can tell you is when all this first started. Even me, who I'm very open-minded, I had a real. <laughs> he laughs. No. <laughs> Why was that giggle? <laughs> yes, uh, I call bull on that. To us, it seems so absurd that we were getting so much activity based around this thing that we were like, "This is, you know, we don't even get this much uh, information dealing with hauntings or, or or UFO sightings." I mean, this was just 
ongoing and constant. Oh, it was, it was crazy. And we were getting photos that I, I would have to Google image search and make sure that they weren't, you know, falsified and things like that. So it, it was just so much of like a huge bombardment of information on something that nobody has ever found proof of. It's always been like very fictitious. You know, anybody that talks about a werewolf, it's always been a, a you know, fabricated story. Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, the fact that everyone that came up to us with information also didn't want to be, uh, they wanted to remain anonymous with it as well um, mm -hmm. because of the superstition, because of their, you know, cultural upbringing, upbringing saying like, I can't talk about this because I would be in danger. So, and we, and we actually had people that were so frightened. You could hear their voice trembling when they were trying to tell us what's going on and they would literally disappear when there was like no trace of them after that and they would just be gone and and this went all the way into and, and check this out it went all the way into dealing with reptilians mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. a battle that's ongoing in space over who's going to control humans on earth i mean and one person that connects and contacts with the blue avians mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. wolves and i mean it was it, it was an incredible story right from the start that was so far-fetched and so out there that even me, who's open-minded, it left me shrugging my shoulders going, is this even possible? Is this mm -hmm. true? Really? And, you know, and it, after a while, it, it starts literally eating at you, especially when you're getting phone calls and everything else at all hours and people are just not saying anything on the phone. But next thing you know, you're listening to a conversation that, you know, from some phone lines that are possibly tapped. And I mean, it, it, it's just, it was insane. You know? Do you, do you think when you say reptilians, blue avians, and you, now you're getting into the whole extraterrestrial, you know, theory on everything, do you think that these, um, these beings, these creatures are indeed extraterrestrial? Well, we were even told that the, the being that we were going after uh, was from Beta Pictoris, which is a distant star. Well, it's one of the closest stars. Uh, Still far. System, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the being is a Beta Pictorian. So we have to go into doing some research on that and see if there is a planet that can sustain life and see if there's a possibility that there is a portal that might have opened up. And we were told that it was in Skinwalker Ranch where this being had traveled through. Uh, and this was back mm -hmm. when uh, Bigelow still owned it, so this was nice. Right, but, but check this out. And we here. were given so much details that it's yeah. It's but but look ridiculous. at this. This is the crazy part, though, Mike. Look at everything that's happened here in the recent uh, past. Okay, we've got all this werewolf information coming out. We've mm -hmm. got blue avians. We've got reptilians. We've got. Uh, uh, alien beings from other planets. And now in, we have the government coming and out and saying. Now we got the government coming out. When talking, the, you know it's yeah. legitimate when the government wants yeah. to get involved, yeah, right? You, and you also know that it's gone out of hands when they're coming forward. Uh, yeah. Well, that's right. I know. Well, look at this. I mean, you got this tic tac that shows up that the Navy releases video on that's doing stuff that's just incredible. I mean, that if there was a human being or a biological type uh, entity that was in that. Uh, craft, I mean, they would literally be turned to liquid in an instant doing some of the maneuvers they were doing at the speeds they were going. And then, check, it gets even better. 
Now you've got the Pentagon coming out saying, we've got parts of a craft not made from this earth. Coming from the Pentagon. And we've got all this other stuff happening. All this other stuff being put together. Claims of extraterrestrials involved in an interplanetary type war way above us. You've got the President Trump coming out and saying, we're creating a space force. Why would we need a space force unless there was some, you know, something happening? You know, well, Ronald Reagan talked about that when he was in office about how they needed to put together a space force. You well, can still get that. You can still watch that speech. Come together. That's right. Ronald Reagan said, how quickly would the world come together if we were attacked from beings from another world and the earth had to defend itself? Well, do you think that... Again, I look at that as, you know, putting fear out because let's face it, the governments of this planet have been in contact with extraterrestrials for a really long time. So that do you think that will hinder any kind of disclosure? And you've got all these beings that are sharing space with us. And if you put disclosure through and you've been instilling fear, you're going to have people rebel and fearful too. Is that what they want? Because you have to remember yes. there was a yes. deal that was out there called Operation Bluebeam. Right. And ha- do you all remember Operation Bluebeam and what it was about? You actually touched on this a little bit the last time you were here. But for our new yeah, listeners, because we have many, many more now, why don't you explain it for them? Operation Bluebeam was a deal that was supposedly being put together between the United Nations and NASA. Back in the day, they were supposed to use lasers to create these aerial ships or these spaceships to make it look like an invasion that was taking place. Okay. You've got uh, Werner von Braun on his deathbed who said that the interstellar or the space wars, which are going to occur, are going to happen. And they're going to be attacking the people of this world, of this earth. He said, however, do not believe that they're aliens because they're not. He said, that's our own people, our own government that's doing this. Now, with all this stuff taking place, okay, and that and that's just a little bit of it. Not only that, but it, that that whole operation, which was supposed to take place in the, in, I believe it was the 80s or 90s, can't remember which, but uh, that operation was spoiled because there was a leak. Okay, the, there was a document that was leaked. That came to a screeching halt. But now they've got back engineer type craft, TR3Bs and so forth. Okay. So now we have back engineered craft that they can use and actually attack civilians. Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself, well, what would the purpose be for this? Think about it for a minute. What are they after? They're after that one world government, that one world order where mm-hmm. everybody comes together and you have certain people in extreme power that's going to basically rule everything. Now, here's the weird part about all this. With all this stuff taking place, all these UFO sightings, the Pentagon coming out, the Navy coming out, mm-hmm. uh, just the information that we've received as well. On top of all that, we have a pandemic that we're, we're dealing with right now. And... We have all this unrest. Best time to do it. Yeah, what's the best time to knock this out? What do you mm-hmm. think you're gearing up for? I think um, a lot of it was just a, a prequel 
to all of this. You know, you create a distraction. You look at old people rioting, tearing down historical statues, um, fighting amongst one another, shootings, uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes that people aren't paying attention to because everything is going on. You have people you know, arguing with one another because they're not wearing masks or they're not social distancing or, you know, man turning against his brother, as they say. But, you know, some people will tell you the one world government is to prepare for, like, tell me your thoughts on this, is to prepare for disclosure because we have to be a planet, not many countries. We need the leaders of all these countries to sit as a collective with one I guess leaders, some similar to NATO, maybe, but more of a of a galactic basis to become a planet, to become maybe part of a galactic um, conglomerate, you know, among all these other planetary beings. What are your thoughts on that? Is it just simply to gain control over our planet, or is it for something bigger? I don't honestly think it's going to be for something bigger. I think what it is right now, we've got people that are in positions that are power hungry. Mm. And I feel that these people that are power hungry are looking at possibly being the one in charge of everything that's going on. Mm. So I look at this as a big ploy mm-hmm. to create uh, a circumstance which is going to benefit certain people in the long run, not so much benefit anybody else. And what a lot of ufologists are talking about right now is the fact that if this does take place and blue beam, let's say becomes a, a true thing. Uh, and he says, and, and according to Von Braun, if you hear that these spaceships or whatever is attacking earth, remember it's not aliens, but a lot of the ufologists feel that if this takes place, aliens may intervene and put a stop to it basically and say, Hey, look, we're not the ones doing this. Now, I mean, this is a conspiracy theory, of course. Of course. But how many conspiracy theories have we had in the past that are now fact today? Yeah, usually they have some kind of basis, some some kind of of grounds for it. Truth, something that's going on in the background that's keeping everybody thinking about other things while the government and and so forth uh, carries out whatever plan that they have in order to sit there and cause uh, a big distraction. Everybody right now that's dealing with this pandemic, and, and I'm not saying that pandemic isn't real, it is. But what I'm saying is is that what, what every, what's happening with everybody right now is that they're becoming a pawn, okay? Especially within the racial wars. The, they're basically using people against each other. Yeah, they're being divided. Rest. And, and that is a serious problem, and that's being done a lot right now with the media. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is something that the that the far left is still working on. Mm-hmm. When I say far left, I mean extreme far left. I'm not talking about just, you know, mm-hmm. being a, you know being liberal or whatever. I'm talking about far left extremists who are not out there peacefully riding. They're out there burning, pillaging, killing, you know, that kind of a thing. You know, so I mean, there's a lot to be said about what's taking place right now. And well, it's let's like, talk about tanking the economy. I'm sorry. Let's talk about the world tanking their economies to get maybe to that that digital currency. Correct. Also, a, and, and and the new phone app, the COVID phone app, that is, yeah, is setting. People are very divided with that as well. So, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about the COVID, COVID app, Michelle? And then I'll ask Eddie because you brought it up. 
I, yeah. I will not, I will no. not put it in my phone. It's an invasion of privacy because it's not just a matter of, of, you know, tracking or where, who's been here because COVID was spotted here. We want to know who was in there. It, you know, they want access to your contacts. Like they want a lot of information that they don't, they don't need and shouldn't be asking for. They're asking you to basically give up your privacy. Me personally, I'm not installing that app, uh, nor am I going to sit there and, and take a chip implanted in me or, or any other vaccine or anything like that. Uh, Nanotechnology. I don't trust that stuff. No, I agree. You know, I agree. I don't trust it, and especially a vaccine that's being rushed. Uh, you know, I don't think so. Well, yeah. Russia has it now, and they're testing. Apparently, they're the first to get their hands on it. And I just read an article, actually, Amelia, you posted it, that they found COVID in frozen food from Brazil. I, I'm having an issue with, um, because someone on there said, well, it's from the WHO, so I don't believe it. And I said, well, actually, it's from a Canadian news source. And then she lashed out at me and said, no, the article is the WHO. I realized that. that. Right. But we can't dismiss everything because it's the WHO. You can't mm-hmm. dismiss everything that's out there. I personally would never buy a product that didn't come from North America. Mm-hmm. That's just me. If it's not buy from the U.S., your borders. If it's not right. from the U.S. or Canada, I'm not going to buy it buy during the summer. During the summer, I try to shop within the hundred mile zone. You know, the the local things mm-hmm. because that's the best time. The summer, you know, here especially because we have cold winters. So during the summer, I try to support everyone around me. Mm-hmm. And I personally wouldn't buy meat that is coming from China, nor will I buy fish that comes from their waters, especially since that um, um, with the nuclear plant. I would never know. It's dangerous we, out there right now. We yeah. have amazing seafood. We're, we have the Atlantic and the Pacific surrounding us. I mean, come on. There's no reason to. Um, you have to be, you have to be vigilant. You have to be aware, read everything, look at your food. That includes pet food as well. That's the whole thing, Amelia. It's exactly what Eddie is saying. People are distracted. They're not paying attention to anything right now. It's almost like they can't see past their own hand. Exactly. And a month ago, they said the virus wasn't transferable on food and they had no, you know, no reason to believe that. When you put, now think about this, when you put out an article that says we found the virus on this, these food products, are you going to be willing to sit in a restaurant now? I don't sit in a restaurant anyway. No, but for people who go to restaurants, I haven't been since February, but for people who go to restaurants right now who are frequenting the patios and going indoors now because we've been, you know, brought into stage three where they're going indoors with a few tables, you don't know where they're sourcing their food. This is a great way to tank that whole you know, that whole field of restaurants, that whole that whole economy section, that's a great way to tank it well, by actually, putting uh, out something uh, like that. People need to do is if you do go into a restaurant, ask where the food comes from. 
But are you going to get an honest answer, though? You know, you have to watch where you're eating. You have Just to eat really vegetables. Know. You can't go wrong. Yeah, I can't. I can't, can't do that. I'm a carnivore. I'm a huge I, me carnivore. too, but I'm starting yeah. to think otherwise. I may be a bad plan. You no, know, I'm just very careful that the beef I'm buying is from here, that, you know, the poultry I'm buying is from here. The seafood is from the Atlantic coast. Uh, you know, that's so, important. You have to protect yourself. So what do you think is next then? Like if we're talking about the divide and conquer thing, um, disarm the people. As it is, they don't want you in groups of more than five or ten people. So you're basically, you know, I mean, here in Canada, anyway, they're real strict about it. So you're avoiding the big mob mentality, um, you know, coming after you, having riots. And our prime minister, of course, used a... a you know, a killing spree, a man went on a killing spree in, in, in Eastern Canada, and he basically banned with, it totally did it illegally, without without even sitting down with his cabinet. And he totally just banned all these rifles that, that were not, it had nothing to do with what the killer was using. So now we're like disarming the people. What are your thoughts on that? Well, here in Texas, they're not going to be able to disarm anybody. No. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Um, But here's the problem is in a lot of these cities, you know, they're allowing these people just to run rampant. And when they allow these people to run rampant and and burn and pillage and and kill and and everything else and shoot at the cops with pachinko balls and, you know, everything else, they're allowing this to continue. It's making it more disruptive and it's making people respect the police less and less and less. And it's like, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that it's all going to be boiling into a head come election day. And well, it's going to it's 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 go crazy for us out here. But in an other aspect of it, mm-hmm. I think there's more good people than I think there are the bad ones. I think once the good people get tired of having to deal with this and these cities aren't doing anything to uh, correct the problems, I think people are going to be coming out of the woodwork. The ones that are quiet and just staying low, once they've had their fill, they're going to be coming out of the woodworks and it's going to, they're going to put a stop to this one way or another. Mm, one can only hope. You know. So I, I guess that's put a damper on your filming. It, it actually has. It slowed us down quite a bit. And, yeah. and that's one of the reasons we're kind of still stagnant where we're at. But we're starting to move forward little by little. And we do have a lot of these projects that we're working on. And uh, like I said, our our big one, our bread and butter that we're sitting on right now, of course, is Anunnaki. And <laughs> Anunnaki is going to be the that's the yeah. big that's the big boy. And uh, so, can you touch a bit on Anunnaki? I know you did the first time you guys were here, but again, we have so many more listeners. Um, can you touch on it and elaborate on it a little more? It's going to be uh, based on the ancient Sumerian writings of ancient aliens that came to visit Earth, created humankind. Fast forward into modern times, and there's a amateur archaeologist that finds a tablet written in cuneiform uh, of all places in Texas. You know, and he says, "This is out of place. How do I translate this?" Takes it to a professor, finds out that it's the evidence that's that tracks the creation of human by ancient aliens. Yeah, it basically shows that there is a biological connection from modern day humans to these ancient astronauts, which were here on Earth. And uh, humankind was created into a slave race back in the day. And uh, mm-hmm. all of us, everybody was a, was basically created as a slave race. Uh, and this is according to the ancient writings of the Sumerian people. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the storyline is fictional, you know, but it's based on actual writings of the ancient Sumerians and what they believed into a storyline of what if. What if all this was true? What if we are related? What if these people actually created us to uh, be able to be these uh, these slaves for them, for the lack of better terms, mm-hmm. and the planet for gold and all these other precious metals that they needed at the time in order to maintain their own planet? And it goes deep, deep, deep into the what if factor, including into... Uh, Government passages from the Bible, Bible uh, government cover-ups, uh, different things that took place, Jesus, you know, and how he was able to, you know, to do some of these miracles. And it's a it's a very deep story, which is going to gain attention, and it's got a lot of uh, factual evidence to back it. So uh, mm-hmm. it's one of those stories that when you see it, you walk out of there going, man, you know that? That's possible, yeah. you know. So the fact that it asks what if towards a lot of things, towards government, towards religion, it's going to be very controversial for people to watch and, and try to understand the story. But once they get it, uh, I think it's going to open a lot of people's eyes. I think people are are waking up to the whole hybrid, um, you know, scenario now because, you know, the big thing, of course, is the negative blood type people with you know, blue eyes, green eyes. Like, they're oh, at negative. least... negative. <laughs> Right? There we go, right? So, yeah, we're in good company. We're all negative there. Um, but, you know, people are actually open to it now, and they're they're paying attention. So maybe that's a good segue in. I remember, you know, testing a piece of equipment at one time, and a spirit, I assume, with a spirit individual, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was extraterrestrial. And we just sort of got talking about um, ancient civilizations. And to back up a little bit of what you're talking about with ET, um, this individual said it was all about the gold. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, why? And my question went along the lines of why were you here? It was all about the gold. gold. And and it, it and it's about the gold. And they've actually found caves in Africa that mm-hmm. are that have been chipped away and opened up and, and created. They're, these aren't just natural caves. They were actually made, man-made, mm-hmm. that are older by far than mankind. In other words, it, you're you're looking at caves that were built by something before according to the archaeologists, that we even existed. Mm-hmm. You know, how is this even possible if there wasn't, you know, some other race that was here or or we weren't, or maybe we were here even before, you know, this, the, you know, scientists say we were. Well, you know? that's a given. Yeah, I think, I think so, you're right on that. You know, it, it, there's a lot to it. And, and what, what would we need gold for when we were still rubbing sticks together to make fire? That doesn't make any sense at all. You know, and that's even if we were rubbing sticks at that time. You know, Mm -hmm. we had to wait till lightning struck somewhere and we're like, oh, we can cook now, finally. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of this stuff that takes place, a lot of questions that need to be answered, a lot of of what ifs, lots of what ifs. And that's what's going to bring you out of that film, asking yourself, what if all this is real? What if all this is true? You know? Because they would have been considered reptilian? 
the Anunnaki? So, do you do you feel uh, there's a lot of Anunnaki statues that are reptilian in nature, serpent in nature? Um, since you brought it up, uh, reptilian yeah, <laughs> could be part of this okay, as as, the, as it goes on, which right, are, right. are also going to be the ant people from the Hopi legends. See, there's there's another one. Oh, there are got, people who believe that there are very few species here on our planet. Do you agree? I mean, in your research, you've already named off like like four. Well, those are here already. Yes. Okay. Along with the tall whites and 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 things mm-hmm. of that nature, the grays, of course. You know, um, yes, there's yes. a lot of uh, alien species that are actually very friendly toward the human race and are here to help that but there are also those who are very against the human race and are here to destroy and which ones do you think those are i'm sorry which ones do you think are the the destructors the reptilians from what we understand are one of them as well as the grays Mm -hmm. Uh, the grays uh i think are more into experimental and you've got tall grays and you've got the little short grays You've got different species of that. You got the mantis type of insectoids, insectoids, I guess is Mm -hmm. what you call them. Mm -hmm. uh, People call them like a mantis like people that are, you know, six, eight feet long. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of different species and creatures, and there's a whole list of these things. Um, I remember uh, President Putin from Russia came forward and said that there's more species here on Earth right now than you would even believe. And we can't tell you how many because the numbers are so great that it would literally turn the world into a frenzy. Wow. Who was what? Are they in true form or are they in hybrid, maybe physical form? I don't think Amelia can hear us. I I don't. That I don't know. Um, I I think there's some that we're not going to know what they are. You know, whether they're we we, probably there's some out here that we wouldn't be able to tell the difference, whether they're human or Mm. something else. But there's we've also got some out here that are just staying hidden and possibly working behind the scenes within the governments as well. And I think Mm. all governments are working with it, even Canada, I think uh, Russia, for sure, China, Mm. you know, countries that are. That are working with different uh, species, different races of these alien beings for different purposes. And, so uh, the ant people of the Hopi, um, tell us about them. You don't hear a lot about them at all. The ant people are were, is from a folklore from the Hopi Indians here in the United States. And uh, their story behind the ant people was at some point the ant people took them underground in order to protect them, to keep their race, their species alive, and brought them back up into the open when everything was calm and they could continue their lives as as their, you know, as they progressed in their tribe and what have you. And so a lot of their prayers and things go out to the ant people, which they say are their gods who protected them and who brought them out from the underworld. And the ant people, you know, from our perspective, are kind of at odds with the reptilian type creatures that are down there. So, I mean, you've got several. So they're both subterranean, basically. Right. They're both subterranean. And and there's uh, stories as well, like a blowing cave up in Arkansas, who uh, 
there's a book that was written back in what was it the 60s 70s, 70s where uh, some explorers went into the blowing cave in Arkansas and found a tunnel that took them back over four miles within the cave into an area that was uh, lined with like glass or a glass-like rock, shiny, kind of transparent. And they ran into these blue humanoid-type creatures, which I don't think they had a name for them at the time, but I, I'm, I'm saying that they were probably blue avians, and which were subterranean. And one of them actually stayed back and lived out his life with them, and his friends never saw him again. When they went back to try and find that entrance to get back in there, that entrance was gone. So this guy was never seen again. But I think these creatures have been around for a long time, and they're living in these underworlds. Uh, there's uh, another one. Uh, I forget where it's at. But uh, there's a, a girl. She's the daughter of one of the explorers over, over there. And uh, there's supposed to be some sort of cavern underground, like a huge library of these metal or gold books that are supposed oh, South America. They're still planning expeditions over there. As a matter of fact, uh, mm -hmm. one of our astronauts uh, went over there and uh, went. I know the one you mean. Mm -hmm. yeah, South he America. Like the, part of the Mayan culture, I believe, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Like down that neck of the woods. Have you heard about the cave system in Malta where a classroom... Um, an entire classroom went missing. It used to be open to the public, and it's a large cave system, and it's monitored because it's it's built for tourists. And a teacher went with an entire classroom, and they the reptilians have actually been spotted in and around that area. But an entire classroom went missing, and they were never found. And allegedly, uh, everything has been sealed off now, and no one is allowed to hmm. go near it. No, have you heard anything about that one? No, I haven't no, heard about right? it. Amelia, are you are you still with us? Yes, yes, I am. I just, oh, okay. just want to interfere. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a there's an echo for me, and there's a lag. There's oh, a no. lag, yeah. And feedback. I've messaged Joe again about the feedback. It's coming. That's who I'm communicating with right now. Okay, is he working on it? Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so it's better that you guys do all the talking. <laughs> this is no feedback from your end. <laughs> okay. No, it isn't. It's just us. Yeah, it's just us apparently. Okay. So um, you know, keep going. You're 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 working on this this project, and it's with the the ant people from the Hopis. So you're you're doing what from this point on with all of that? So we're. Right now, we're getting the rest of this thing ready to film. And if we can get investors uh, to jump in and, and uh, help out with a lot of this, we can actually get this thing done and uh, filmed and out to everybody. And this is one of those films, I promise you, if you see it, you're, you're going to walk out of there with a whole new perspective on everything going on around you. It's not, this isn't something that you're going to go in, oh, that was cool. And you're going to, you know, maybe talk or talk to a buddy or whatever. This is something you're going to talk to a lot of people about because it's going to throw you for a loop. Because mm -hmm. all the what ifs, like we said before, that's in this film. And uh, between all the special effects and all the what ifs that were going to be in there and all the 
where we're going not we're not going to tell you on some of these things what's what, but we're going to infer on some of the things that you're looking at. And you're going to figure it out on your own what it is that's happening and what's taking place. We're going to make it so obvious you can't turn away from it without knowing what it is. And a lot of the locations that we're going to be filming at are going to be put in there as far as, uh, I guess, little uh, little Easter eggs within the film, such <laughs> as uh, maybe some coordinates oh. and things of that nature that are real. And it's going to give you a perspective, and you can actually visit these places mm-hmm. we're taking place at, you know, during the filming. That sounds so exciting. It's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the projects that we had taken with us when we were pitching to other networks and, and other executives, uh, I think Anunnaki stood, stood out the most. Uh, the only problem is it's not fully produced. If, it, if we had an f- entire season fully packaged, ready to go, ready to air, uh, we would have sold it right on the spot. But the fact is, we we don't have the funds to make that happen just yet. So we're going to attack some of our smaller projects first, uh, the ones that we can't afford to do, and uh, get those out of the way. That way we can possibly have some income coming in from those projects to funnel back into the bigger projects like Anunnaki. That one sounds really exciting. I'm surprised you guys don't have people lined up to to take hold of that one seriously well like i said i think a lot of it has to do right now with this COVID thing and it's it's really really put the brakes on a lot of the stuff i mean um we're we're like i mean we were moving forward moving forward all of a sudden it came screeching to a halt mm-hmm. and we haven't been able to move no. so now we're just starting to like break free we're like you know what we've got to get this done Mm-hmm. We've sat stagnant. We're we've done our due diligence, our stay at home, and all that kind of stuff. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we can't, we can't keep doing. It. We have to start moving forward. You know, we understand there's risks involved, but at the same time, we we understand that we have to work. We have to get things done, um, and and we can't just sit stagnant the whole time. No, you can't. It's, I mean, it's always a good time to do research, of course, <laughs> but you can only do so much of that after six months. You're pretty sure you got it all down. Um, have you guys touched at all on Skinwalker Ranch? Have you ever been, have you been able to get on it? It seems like some of what you're looking for might actually, because you mean you were mentioning, you know, Bigelow and and getting back to you know the the, the wolf beings the the lichens or lycanthorps or you know there's so many different names um have you actually gotten permission to go on to the property and do some investigating no we we never we've never been able to get a hold of the gentleman who owns skinwalker ranch now but well we do have a friend of ours that is in contact with a buddy of his who has property that butts up to skinwalker ranch and that being said i mean that's probably about as close to that place as we're going to be able to get Um, i think you know everything around skinwalker ranch has got to be just as active i mean what's going on underground and government and things like that might be a bit of a different situation but when you're looking at the mountain when you're looking at the skies i believe everybody in and around that area is going to be having some pretty incredible experiences Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So was that going to be part of any of your films? That yes, we we do want to include that with our Deadly Dogman adventures. Um, we do need to do a little bit more preparation on the scientific side. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that that area has a huge history of nuclear fall off from the nuclear tests that they were doing in in Nevada. So mm-hmm. before going over there, I want to make sure that we're all safe, protected. Uh, if there is any kind of disturbance to the soil, which is part of the mythology of the area, is if you start digging, that's when bad things happen. But is there, yeah, is there apparently. for that? So if, if we can prepare ourselves to where we can actually conduct that kind of activity without causing some kind of medical harm to ourselves, then uh, I would say let's let's go for it. Maybe it'll help us get some kind of answer or explanation for some of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, first things first is we got to get permission to get out there. So um, that's going to be one of our next things we got to do is talk to our, our buddy and see if we can work on uh, uh, getting that location approval. amazing if you got it. Yeah, and it's going to be difficult to get onto the actual property because of the fact that they have a series going on right now on the History Channel. Uh, the owner of the property is also owner of the History Channel, I believe. Uh, and uh, so it's going to be difficult because then that becomes you know, a little bit of a conflict of interest where if we're trying to do a documentary series on that and they say, well, we want to do it first and be the first ones to, uh, you know, bring about any evidence or anything, then you know, that I don't see why they would give us permission to do the same kind of experiments that they plan on doing. Yeah, because they're one season in. Yeah. Yeah. Watching right now and they want to bring us on and say, hey, would y'all like to participate in some of this stuff? We'd be very, very happy yeah. to be there. We'll be your guinea pigs. Yeah. Yeah, here you go. Start digging, boys. <laughs> Give me a shovel. Let's do it. It's not going to be like Oak Island, right? No, we, we, we don't want to leave a lot of cliffhangers that just make everybody feel like, oh, I didn't get any fulfillment out of this because they didn't really find anything. Yeah, it's like when they're looking for Loch Ness all the time. You know, I, I always feel I'm going to miss something, but they never find them. It's just a group of other guys each time that get out there and look for them. Or the searching for Bigfoot where they say, oh, there's, there's something in the woods and it's a little, you know, FLIR unit that sees a raccoon or something. Yeah. It's like, yes. <laughs> well, let's face it. People are coming out with new technology all the time. So the search is always the same because they're, they're pretty darn elusive. I mean, you know, some people believe all of these, these cryptids um, may be extraterrestrial maybe they're popping in and out of portals you know maybe it's like you say the cave systems are so intense and the forests are so dense that anything can hide anywhere but let's face it technology now is unbelievable and people are creative and they're coming up with all sorts of stuff so you know, you just don't know what you're going to find tomorrow. Or maybe it'll be you guys, you know, you know you're going to find that uh, that elusive being. But I don't know, Skinwalker Ranch, that's that's a whole other cup of tea. But then again, so is the Stardust Ranch. Have you guys ever considered that? No, as a matter of fact, uh, Stardust Ranch, I've heard only very little about, but it's something that I want to investigate more if we start getting more into this filming. There you go. I mean, the owners are literally assassinating Grays, apparently, and it is so ridiculously haunted. And I, I believe that's in Arizona, am I right? I believe so. Stardust Ranch. Oh, Arizona. 
I think it's Arizona, Stardust Ranch. I've only, I think because there was one TV show that actually filmed there. And I had been reading up on it because the owners were trying to sell it. And then it surfaced on this television show. And um, from that point on, it sort of went quiet again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was a filming experience that turned them off or, or what, or did they sell it? Yeah, well, see, they were trying to sell it at one time. Yes. I don't know if they ended up selling it. But you have to wonder why, you know, something's so active and then it goes quiet. Yes. You know, why or is that? Did is they move somebody, off? Did, yeah, did they get paid off? Did they say, look, you know, here's a couple of hundred grand, you know, let, let's uh, be on the down low for a while. Well, the owner claims to have been taking his sword and decapitating greys, and these greys are literally just disappearing right in front of them. Um, once, so, once they're decapitated, they just disappear. Yes, apparently he's there's there's so many of them, and that they're just he's just when they try to get in the house, he just takes out his sword and and, and that's it. And the wife is being tormented by malevolent beings there, and there are UFO sightings everywhere. I mean, can you imagine though? That's like going medieval on somebody. That's pretty it, cool. It's, it's, it's very much, it's very much uh, 13th century. Like, what yeah. the hell? But it works. I need it a sword. So, what I don't understand is what, how come he doesn't try to capture one alive so he has proof instead of just right? saying. And they just disappear. I think he tried to capture one dead. And when he went out to retrieve it, it mm-hmm. happened so fast. Like, they just go like this. Because they're interdimensional, right? Like they're just, I was just going to say, I don't think you could even capture one because they could just, can't they, they just beam out, you know? That seems to be what's happening. Because he goes out there, he does that, a thing drops. And he and he goes out to grab it, and it just and, and he the, watches it just go. The he cleanup crew stuff? comes in, yeah. in, like a GoPro or a camcorder to say, "Look, I, I watch, cut the head on this and watch it disappear." I'm with you, exactly. Miguel. I'm not. I'm not skeptic. Going well, where's your footage? If yes. he has that much conviction and proof mm-hmm. that these exist, why wouldn't he just go out and get a cheap camera or get a cell phone and record something and exactly. say, "Look, here's proof." But that's a million-dollar question right yeah. there. We, we don't know. We don't know if he's taken it and it's been taken from him. We don't know. Or if they even, or if it even works once these things show up. Exactly. Do they interfere with the footage? You know? It, it's mean, all a lot of... How many times have we done. had our cameras just go blink on us for no freaking reason? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Something like that, I, I would... If it were me, I would try to reach out to as many people in the community as possible that are in the paranormal community that are believers that Mm -hmm. want to volunteer services or, you know, just come aboard and say, I have these resources. Let me try helping you get proof of this kind of stuff, you know. But maybe Um, he he did. I mean, he did allow that certain television show to come in and gave them the run of the house and the property. Uh, Part of them went out onto the outskirts to try to capture some UFO activity. Um, There were, you know, members who stayed within the house, caught all kinds of stuff in the house. And, you know, maybe there's a portal, you know, somewhere. I would think there's a portal if they're just, you know, dropping in and out. Um, But I know from working on malevolent cases myself, on occasion, the clients have said to me that they have had sightings of grace. 
they have alleged demonic attachments or you know an infestation going on and they're experiencing the typical demonic um, sounds and smells and everything that goes with it and then they throw in and we've seen grays so is there an association because Stardust Ranch seems to be like over the top with both I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of connection between the two, because I mean, people believe that demons and aliens are fifth dimensional beings. They can go in and out of what we perceive to be our dimension or our universe mm. and travel back and forth through portals, like you said. Mm-hmm. There is a connection. And many believe that the demonic are actually maybe archons or reptilians, mm-hmm. right? Like, they certainly look like them, some of them. Yes, and leviathans and, you know, things of that nature. So, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I find it ironic that you would find both, you know, at the same location. So, I don't know. might be worth if you can get on. It's not as high-profiled as Skinwalker Ranch, unless they've been paid to or warned to just go silent with everything. It may be... You know, you're credible. Maybe they had a big, a bad experience with the filming. filming. Maybe if you come to them and you're just logical, low key, maybe they'd be able, they'd be willing to work with somebody like that to help develop the truth, the real truth, not the fanfare, but the truth. Right. Absolutely. And that would be great if they, we could get into a place like that because we could literally create an entire episode just on that particular place. Stardust you could range. probably do a series. Yeah, a series or just a full mm-hmm. documentary. But if you're doing it as a documentary also, you see you're getting away from, 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 from to them what might be fanfare. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just one more show, just one more haunted location. You know, sometimes people just want to be validated, you know, because the media portrays this poor man running around with his, with his, you know, samurai sword, just beheading greys, and his wife is being tormented in the house. Like, who takes the time to really document this and take them seriously? Because the media is making him look like like he's a crazy man running around his property. And he's just trying to sell it because he's sick and tired of killing greys every night. Well, we'd be happy to take over for him for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah, we'll we'll go medieval on them ourselves. <laughs> I'd want to I'd want to communicate with one. I wouldn't want to just let it go. That'd be curiosity. What would you do if you came across an extraterrestrial willing to actually Well, you know, it, funny you ask that because before you take it out, it's at all. We we almost had it set up at one time dealing with this uh, uh, this deadly dogman type creatures uh, to where we almost had it set up to where we almost had a meeting with some of the blues, some of the avians, and it was, I mean, it was crazy the way it went down. Um, I mean, I, I was very I was very much in disbelief as well when it. <laughs> when all this was uh, coming down the, the pipe, but it was, uh, it was very, how do I say? I don't, I don't, I, I was probably more excited than anything else. And it was terrible because right when we were almost getting everything set up, 
everything kind of went quiet on all fronts, everybody that were contacting us. Why do you think? That I don't know. But uh, like I said, since it's starting back up, there could be other possibilities. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded. You know, I'm open to a lot of things. So I'm willing to look at, investigate, you know, convince me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not that hard to convince. Just show me some proof. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to start using a burner phone, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> a burner phone, yeah. <laughs> not hurt. Not necessarily well, a bad idea. But it's starting. It's not a bad idea when when you know government can just dip into your phone line. A burner phone's not a bad idea to use in this industry. That's probably not a bad idea once we if we get into it very heavily again, which I have a feeling that we're going to. Yeah. yeah, because Burner you kind of want to keep under list. the radar a little bit, I think. If you right. hit on something, but it can be this, really dangerous. Well, you can't really be under the radar too, too much. And and uh, as a matter of fact, during one of our shows, which wasn't even dealing with the paranormal at the time, we even had a visitor show up that was one of the visitors that would phone in and attach us to other conversations. So, I mean, it was when I when I saw that person show up, I thought, here we go. This is it. They're letting us know that they're watching again. Okay. on that note, we have to go to break because it's our sponsor break. (laughs) And I want to find out where you left off. Hold that thought. Uh, So if if Joe can take us to break, um, I would like to come back and finish that up. Let's see if he's paying attention to this into his paperwork. You're back. I mean, welcome back to the Outer Realm with Alder Roche and myself, Amelia Pizano. Special guest tonight, Eddie Hill and Miguel Cantu. This show is brought to you partially sponsored by Folgers Coffee Crystals. So don't forget if you're out, you're out there and you're listening to us and you want something warm, go out there and brew yourself a cup. There we go. And the feedback still is feedback. free. Oh, and I, yeah, <laughs> I still have, still it. have it. I think oh. it's my internet. internet. 
Yeah, because I'm clear for my end. These guys are clear. Okay, look, guys, let's go in. Let's pick up where we left off and then just go crazy. I want to know everything before the show's done. That's okay. <laughs> no pressure. No, <laughs> okay, there's pressure. Just do it. <laughs> okay. Um, first off, as far as the, the alien deal, and uh, I'm going to let Miguel take over here in just a moment, uh, a little bit more on some of the show stuff, but uh, I want to touch a little bit more on the Blue Avians. That was something that was being set up by a person that wasn't even in the United States. And he was in contact with a, I want to say like a, like the main dog woman uh, known as the gatekeeper. And this was something that was going to be set up for us. And they were trying to get everything done to where we can, we could meet up, but they were very, very skeptical as far as letting anybody in with camera. And uh, not only that, but they were also skeptical. And if you remember, Mike, as far as allowing us to get too close because they were afraid for us and our own safety. Yeah, it, they were scared of what would happen to us because of they they never had that kind of interaction where they come out as being these these beings or entities in front of somebody and have no physical harm come to those people. So uh, they were a little worried because of the trust that had been built up between us. They didn't want us getting involved uh, to the point to where we would have any kind of harm come to us. Because the Blue Avians are fairly docile. So the link between them and this gatekeeper is what I'm curious in. And what have been up between the gatekeeper, the avians, and any other beings that they had contact with? So it's kind oh, of like, so we were being allowed in, but we didn't get fully in because of those kind of uh, precautions. Something there. spooked everybody. Yeah. Something spooked everybody because everything went dead quiet immediately. It went from full blown contact constantly to nothing. Government? Um, they might be listening in again. Uh, I know. Within this past two weeks, uh, one of our other guys, Patrick, he started getting contacted and followed around again by black SUVs and all kinds of stuff, getting uh, random phone calls from people saying, like, you know, be careful where you're going, all that kind of stuff. So I know that some of the activity is starting to pick up again. Uh, It's just a matter of are they going to make contact with us the same way they did and allow us that same kind of trust to where we can have that face-to-face kind of and we're, we're kind of hoping that they will because, I mean, with everything coming out now, we're kind of hoping that it would be a little bit easier for them to open up to us some more. Now, whether that happens or not, we don't know. But it's uh, something we're hoping for. And, and, you know, you have to understand it's this is something that we have to take very lightly and approach, but still approach cautiously because we don't know what exactly it is that we're stepping into. And, well, it could be dangerous. Well, we don't we don't know who any of these people are. You know, right. we've never met them. It's just a very, very elaborate hoax, and we might be you know coming face to face with somebody that's not mentally all there, uh, or if it is real, then that's even a bigger bag of worms or can of worms that we're opening. Well, black SUVs and and phone calls. Right. And, I mean, for a while, Eddie was being followed as well. Uh, and I was known as what? What were they calling me on a uh, line? The the 
Guardian, Guardian of the Wolf, or something like that. Oh wow! And nicknames. Yeah. That's a little personal. All kinds of nicknames. Yeah, that's very personal. So it's not more bad. I, I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> well, thank you for touching on that because we did have a listener who who um, was requesting a little bit more information and anxiously waiting. So, okay, now let's guys. We've got twenty thirty minutes. Go. Whatever you want to talk about. Go, go, go. It's all you. He never wants to talk, so I want him to talk. You know, I just like the expression on his face when you say, you know, like, I'm really open-minded. He goes, <laughs> that's the face that I look but, every time yeah, you say I really am open-minded. Like, like this. <laughs> I really am open-minded, you know, so I don't know. I mean, we, we, we try real hard to get to the bottom of a lot of these things. And like I said, I, I think I'm probably one of the most open-minded people on the team. But at the same time, there's, I mean, this, this was just really hard to swallow down. You know, I can, I can handle Bigfoot. I can handle aliens. I can handle ghosts, hauntings, demons, exorcisms. Okay. I'm good with all that. Now you're throwing a werewolf into the mix. You know, um, well, I'm not really used to dealing with that. So, you know, let's see how that works out. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of like, I was up in the air really for a long time, but then I started, I guess, warming up to the idea more. And uh, that's when uh, a lot of this stuff started becoming more real. Uh, the more we started uh, encountering different things that were legit, and it it made it a lot real, a lot more real. You know, it's it's di- it was different. It was a di- totally different type of uh, encounter and investigation, which uh, you know, it's refreshing. I, I I think I think it's something that we really need to document and and create a. Uh, you know, some sort of documentary about, because I mean, this is something that a lot of people honestly and truthfully are deathly afraid to the point to where you can hear the shaking in their voice when they speak to you. So at what cost do you do this? Whatever it takes, you know, I don't, I've never been one to back down from anything. And, uh, Miguel will tell you that I, I don't care what's going on. I'm I'm going straight for it. Uh, yeah, all he has to do is be able to run faster than me, which is <laughs> well. I'm gonna just be telling you. I'm just gonna be telling you to film. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> Take one for the team. <laughs> I feel like I no with your camera. <laughs> um, one of one of your fans uh, posted on our Facebook page, Landon Wells. And said that their favorite story is the lady werewolf in Texas. Right, and that's that's one of that's what we've been talking about, and that's the gatekeeper. Okay. Oh. So but it, why gatekeeper, gatekeeper is a but but the, the, the <laughs> gatekeeper point, point. <laughs> the gatekeeper is not in Texas. The gatekeeper is in Louisiana. There you go, Landon Wells, Louisiana. In Landon. Awesome guy, great investigator, and he is absolutely probably one of the best uh, paranormal investigators I've ever met. And he's able to dig deep into the history of things like you wouldn't believe to the point to where it's almost scary. Some of the stuff that he pulls up. I mean, he can go so far back. It's like where are you getting this <laughs> yeah. stuff at? That's Michelle. <laughs> Yeah. He, he, he he's an awesome awesome dude and and you know we're, we're real fortunate to meet him uh uh what was it like 
when was it like last summer, wasn't it? Yeah, when we were um, when we were in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, we were very fortunate to meet him when we were out there. We were doing another project, uh, and we were filming out there, and and he, we came across Landon, and just incredible. We had such a good time with him, and he That's just. Good. Such a good investigator. I wish we could have him close by over here, Landon, moved to Texas, <laughs> so that we could uh, bring him on board and use him on our team. Well, it was very nice of him to post on the page. He was very excited that you guys are both on the show tonight. He said you have wonderful stories. Yeah, oh, we were yes. the story when we were over there, and uh, he was just amazed at it. And I mean, I, I don't know who is more excited, him listening or us telling it. <laughs> No, you've got some projects, Mike. Jump in on our projects yeah, one more time. Uh, so there we go. And what we need? So we've got the Deadly Dogman. We're going to start filming with that really, really soon. Uh, we're probably going to start off here in Texas, go to Louisiana, uh, pick up some more in uh, Nevada if we can, uh, and wherever else. If anybody has any stories on werewolves, lycanthropes, ruru, whatever you got, uh, send us an email: paranormalanalytical at gmail uh, we'll get in touch with you. We'll reply, and uh, we want to just add on to this, this series that we're going to develop. Uh, besides that, we have uh, some funds that are being set aside so we can do a sizzle reel for uh, another show called Spectrum. Uh, that one is going to be dealing with uh, a guy that's you know working at a radio station. He does like a alternative news kind of thing. Stumbles upon some information that he shouldn't know. Uh, it's tracked down to try and be silenced. So yeah, well, the guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah. can I say that? <laughs> but I mean, you've got to bleep that out. No, that's okay. You can actually say it. <laughs> you come across a frequency that, that tells him a little bit of information. That's why it's called spectrum. And uh, so it's a, it's a little bit of a, a suspense and uh, action thriller. So hopefully mm -hmm. we can uh, get a good sizzle reel out of that. Uh, what else do we have? Death mask. Death mask coming up pretty soon uh so brian martin brian martin richardson he's the one that's getting us the funding for the uh spectrum sizzle reel he's also the one starring in our death mask series so uh that one's going to be about a serial killer who is uh becomes obsessed with murdering people and capturing their last images as a like a, a along, along with their soul the death mask gives some supernatural powers that the local detectives are trying to find out who's been doing this. So it's like an ongoing thing where he can change the way he looks to escape his his uh, captivity. Spoiler alert, it's going to be filmed in New Orleans. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. There, there you go, go, New Orleans. <laughs> Look out for that trailer. <laughs> and, uh, of course, we're talking about Anunnaki. Uh, we just need to have some investors come along. I think we got a good package for uh, our, our pitch and getting the sizzle reel together with the sizzle reel, which we shot in one day, all around 16 hours, 16 hours, uh, pretty awesome sizzle reel, except for the CGI uh, alien spaceship, which I'm not too happy about that I made, but I don't, I don't do CGI stuff, but it's just to give the idea that there's aliens visiting us at the end. So what are the projects? I know we got so many more, but it's just these are the ones that are that are like right on the cusp the of hag. happening. The hag, which we saw. Okay. Hope. Oh, that is very hag. interesting because we come across them a lot. Yes. Do you? We do. Well, see, that's that's one another one we're doing, and that one's still in just the very infant stages. And then we have another one on the Donkey Lady Bridge. Right. 
and that's where I was filming just the other day too on, on this short. That place really exists too, it's by the right way. Right up the street from where I live, and uh, so oh, there's a lot okay, of folklore okay. around that. Uh, a feature film that we've been pushing around for the longest time, which is the first project that we've got along as far as development goes, uh, is called Reefers Creepers. Uh, it's about a paranormal team that goes to investigate a haunted weed farm. But they were stoners. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so can out. you really take them seriously? Okay. <laughs> yeah, runs a farm is putting demonic spirits into the plants so that when people smoke it, he's trying to bring about the apocalypse. And the paranormal team is the only one that can stop. Him. And and this is <laughs> a comic. It's a horror comedy. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that one. That one. <laughs> but uh, give some web pages in your yeah, emails. Uh, alteredvisionstudios.com. Uh, you can reach me at info at alteredvisionstudios.com or alteredvisionstudios at yahoo.com. Uh, we have paranormalanalytical.com, but uh, the website hasn't been worked with lately, so I got to add some more information, more content onto that. Uh, Paranormal Analytical, that's also our other series that we're trying to get going where we take a more, uh, a more studious look at what might be causing paranormal events uh, to try and give actual proof, not just, you know, oh, we heard something. We, we try to find evidence and back it up with scientific data and uh, provide different kinds of experiments so that people can conduct their own, uh, on their own paranormal investigations that aren't just EVPs, that aren't just, you know, uh, information. Can I reflect on that? Because I want your opinion on it because you mentioned it. When people go out and do investigations, they look at their equipment and they say, we investigate scientifically. Whereas I always say, well, scientific is more of a laboratory setting or the equipment is considerably different than what we go out and most people we call, like I call it tools of the trade. So when you say like scientific, how what is scientific to you guys? More of a more of a research angle than it is scientific. When, once and you get into scientific experiments, you need to have a control. Since yes, yes. paranormal stuff, it's all pseudoscience. It's there's no real proof yet that there is an existence after you know somebody passes or if there's ghosts or. But it's 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 all about being able to recreate the same result with a certain experiment each and every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, if you can mm-hmm. create the same result, let's uh, just say, for instance, we're trying to gather EVPs mm-hmm. or electronic voice phenomena. Okay. We're, and we come up with a way to say, okay, we're going to try and see if we can communicate with the other side. And we're able to repeat this process over and over and over again. Okay. That's mm-hmm. pulling it more toward the scientific realm because we're now being able to repeat the process it's mm-hmm. not something that we just picked up by chance. Now we're able to say, well, if we do this this way, we're going to get a result each and every time. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm getting at? It's not so, mm-hmm. It's not where we did great tonight and tomorrow we get nothing. Okay. Right. Now now it's just, Which is you know, where paranormal investigation is yeah. right now. It's just all circumstantial. Uh, nothing's you can't really repeat everything every single time because we don't have a complete understanding on what paranormal activity is so or how to repeat the same right. experiment each time and gather the same results each and every time mm-hmm. so i mean there's a a lot of different ways and we have a, our math scientist renee who looks into this kind of stuff and you know, looks at equipment and different ways to try and prove or disprove things. And uh, 
he's always looking at ways to try and get something to recreate itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to the point to where uh, some of these entities are created or manifested because of your own thoughts. Yes. yes. So yes. we have to look at a lot of these different uh, things as well. And I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm just saying that it's a possibility. We don't understand yet the power of the human mind and what it's capable of. So Correct. if you're going to a location with an intent to do something or to contact something, are you creating this or is there something there and you're opening yourself up to it? Yeah, you, you become the catalyst, like uh, looking into like psychokinesis, for example, right? Like just projection. People don't realize how powerful they are. They are. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. like people say, well, I'm a sensitive or I'm a medium or, or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has that ability to some extent, but most people tend to ignore, you know, whatever it is that they might have saw. Like, I don't know how many people have sit there watching television and they see a shadow figure run by or go by out of the corner of their eye. They turn and look and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. But they, they blow it off. Instead of looking into it further, they blow it off. Oh, that was my imagination. Was it mm-hmm. your imagination? How many times has this happened to people all around the world? And that, that also goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the government hiding things from us. And now they just admitted that chakras are real. Uh, what is it? Um, the soul the experience. Essence. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So there are different measures that, you know, different ways that we can measure these, these intangible uh, sources and what we perceive as paranormal. That mm-hmm. they're just, it's not a complete understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So we get a good grasp on that kind of stuff and are able to branch out and just our equipment and just what our five senses are, mm-hmm. then that's when we can really start making a connection with whatever these paranormal entities might be. And one of the other things I want to let everybody know is that all these different shows that we're doing, such as Anunnaki, Death Mask, uh, you know, Paranormal Analytical, all these shows are on or the pages are on Facebook. You can go over there and like the pages and you can get caught up with the latest news on whatever it is that we're working on. Uh, we also have a paranormal analytical radio show that we do. And uh, we, we work on that one uh, Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, you can if you go to paranormal analytical page, you'll see the show come on every Saturday. Um, and uh, it's at 8 p.m. And join us so you can ask us questions and yeah. participate in the conversations. And uh, if you're into the politics part of it with all the crazy stuff that happens, we also have political <laughs> analytical as well, too. Oh, That's there you go. Nights at 8 p.m. <laughs> there you go. I've caught that a couple, couple times. Yeah, we get we get kind of rowdy, don't we? I um, like it. I avoid the political stuff. It's I'm bad. I don't, I don't do well with it. <laughs> so, well, I have to say, guys, it's, uh, as always, you know, it's been a pleasure having you on. And I can't wait to, I want to do it again, probably at this point in the new year. And I'm hoping that you guys will have gotten your funding or you will have gotten further into your research, uh, you know, maybe like Stardust Ranch. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. So, yeah. 
just saying burn your phone. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) But I I really hope you manage to achieve everything that you're working on because I know you're putting everything into it and it sounds absolutely exciting. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of us have to live, you know, through you guys because we're, we can't even go to the U.S. right now and vice versa. So we're not having a whole lot of fun aside from, you know, connecting with our friends this way. So um, we, we definitely do this again in the new year if you'll graciously accept. Absolutely. You know, you know we're always happy and glad to get on the show with you guys. Oh, you know, like you. I said, maybe well. if everything goes well, you know, we'll have something better to tell you as far as the show's going and, and if it's being filmed or if it was filmed. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we're going to be working hard to make sure that this happens. I mean, this is something that we have to keep pushing and right now harder than ever. Uh, we're like I said, we're we're kind of like moving beyond this lockdown and we're just trying to get this stuff filmed and get it out there. Uh, now's the time to do it. And we're not going to we don't want to just sit back and, and just let it get by us. Uh, let you know, too, you know, we're a lot of the stuff that we do, you know, we create podcasts and we put it out there. So if you don't have time to watch the the uh, actual show or go on it live or whatever, you can watch it at any time on the channel or you can pick it up on a on the podcast show on a. Uh, anchor.com uh, and uh, anchor.fm. Yeah, anchor.fm. I'm sorry, anchor.fm. <laughs> and uh, you can pick up our show on there as well because we kind of like record it and just put it out there that way, just in case you're cruising around, you just want to listen. But, uh, I, uh, sorry, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say I would just shared your um, Facebook page on our page. And then on the last post that I shared tonight, I have all of your contacts on there as well. Great. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for being here, both of you, and for sharing so much. I always learn so much with both of you. Well, we Sorry about the tech that. issues. Yeah, yeah yes. we, we always have a blast on here, like I said. And, and we enjoy it's talking about fun. it and letting you guys know what we got going on. I just want us to be able to say, we've got them all filmed. Yeah, Yeah, we want that too. Amazingly. (laughs) That's what we want. We want to say we got it all done. Get ready. Yes. Yes. You have to make sure to connect with our producer, Joel Montaldo, when you get to New Orleans. Do it. He knows everything. Yes, there isn't anything he doesn't know. (laughs) No, seriously. Seriously. Also, ex Navy, much like yourself. Right. Special so, forces, by the way. Special forces. Good, good. There he just go. released a huge secret on our show not long ago, and you'd be very interested in it. I would. You need to share that. Well, well, maybe he'll tell you about it. Let us just sign off. Don't go anywhere, and we'll get him to tell you about it. <laughs> so, yeah, be there. Because it's really amazing. So I'm just going to sign us off. Uh, so we've come to another awesome uh, segment here on the Outer Realm. Thank you to all of you who tuned in, and um, thank you to our amazing guests. Go follow them, because amazing things are coming, like really amazing things are coming, hopefully sooner rather than later. And of course, big thank you to our producer, Joe Montaldo. Huge, huge thank you to Folgers Coffee for making tonight's uh, segment possible as they do sponsor part of the show. So tune in next Wednesday evening um, because we have some amazing guests coming again and they're, they're, they're fresh. We had to move some things around. So um, you guys are guaranteed going to love this. So have a wonderful weekend. And stay safe out there, and we will see you guys next week. Oh, but please 
Don't forget to tune in to The Gray Zone Uncensored with myself and Joe Montaldo this coming Saturday, August 15th, 6 to 8 Eastern, 5 to 7 Central. And we are going to be talking about the afterlife. And you only have one shot to catch this. So see you Saturday. Thank you.